three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Utley is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglou, great to have you here. Today's edition of the program, the Bears won on Sunday. They upset San Francisco. We'll explain why in just a second. Plus, a brand new interview today with Mike North, host on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Barroom Network. We talk with them extensively about the Bears' win, Mitch Trubisky winning in Pittsburgh, and so much more. It's a great interview. And it comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluel. And to watch more of this show, head on over to SportstalkChicago.com. I want to start today with this. What's an expert? What are they supposed to know? What are they supposed to do? What's their purpose and their function? They're supposed to know everything. They're supposed to have experience. They're supposed to help us, the common man, understand what's going on. The experts pick the bears to suck. The experts picked the Bears to be 2-14. A Bleacher Report article said yesterday, 2-14. Yesterday, before the game started, 2-14 Bears. ESPN said they'd be the worst team in football. Former quarterbacks, former players, evaluators, scouts, talent scouts, they all said, worst team in football. Niners fans on this channel said on Friday and Saturday, you're delusional. Trey Lance is great. This is Niners weather. The Niners offense is amazing. Well, I'll tell you what. If they're so amazing, why'd they score only 11 points on Sunday? If Trey Lance is so great, why'd he throw no touchdowns, have a pick, and have less than 200 yards passing? If this was Niners weather, why'd they struggle all game to hold on to the football? and move downfield, and score. Oh, and experts, if you think you're right, why the Bears prove you wrong? If you've been following me since May, before that, when ESPN first came out with their power rankings, you know where I stood on this. ESPN in May, after the draft set, the Bears were the worst team in football. We have been following this narrative for months on end dispelling it every chance we got. And now, look what happened. Finally, it's game time, and the Bears came to play, and they won. 
19-11 over San Francisco on Sunday. Proving everybody wrong. Just so you know, this isn't a fanboy channel. This isn't a fanboy analysis. This is the truth, and that's why you're here. You want the truth. The truth is, the Bears are a much better team than San Francisco, and was pretty apparent yesterday. We'll get into the details. Justin Fields didn't have the best game. Improved in the second half. Didn't have the best game, though. But the Bears showed why they're the more complete team. Look at how many penalties the 49ers had. Nine for almost 100 yards. Undisciplined. New quarterback, new offense. You bench a quarterback who knows what to do. You bench a quarterback who has a 33-13 record for a rookie. And you claim he's better. Nope. He looked worse yesterday. He looked all over the place. He looked uncomfortable in his own offense. For those of you who said Trey Lance knows what he's doing, he's completed meaningful passes, what was yesterday? Don't give me the weather excuse. Justin Fields played through it too. Every player played through it. Trey Lance did not look good. And the 49ers made a big mistake in benching Jimmy Garoppolo for whatever that was yesterday. And praise to the Bears, and Ryan Pace actually, for not drafting Trey Lance and choosing Justin Fields. Fields didn't necessarily play far better, but I'll tell you what. When the Bears needed him to step up, he did. Two touchdowns, one pick. Justin Fields passed the rating, and the first half was 2.4. He ended the game at 85.7. He rose his passer rating by 80-plus points because of one half of play. What did Trey Lance do? What did the Niners do? They threw the game away. Don't get me wrong. The Bears played well. But the Niners threw this one away. Bad. Horrible defense. Blown coverages. Penalties. No discipline. Bad play from the quarterback position. They lost this game. They gave it away. And for a team that claims that they're going to be near the Super Bowl with Trey Lance, apparently, they're far from it. Maybe ESPN should have said the Niners would be one of the worst teams in football. You know, because they have a new quarterback. They're not the same as last year. They've lost some pieces. Maybe they should have been named one of the worst teams. I mean, you have a new quarterback. You have a rookie, in essence. It still blows my mind. Did the Bears yesterday look like Jacksonville? Did they look like the Jets? Did they look like the Texans? Houston. Nope, they didn't. They played with grit. They played with hustle, intensity, discipline. Not many penalties for the Bears. And they embraced the HITS principle. You could say what you want about the HITS idea. Oh, it's an acronym. It's stupid. It's not professional. It worked. Got Jalen Johnson punching footballs left and right. Eddie Jackson. Where's he been for four years? He's back making plays. This was a great team win for the Bears. How about Khalil Herbert, averaging five yards per carry and actually putting up more yards in less carries than David Montgomery, interestingly enough. Roquan Smith led the team in tackles. Brisker and Gordon made plays. And Justin Fields, when the Bears needed him most, although he struggled in the first half and he'll probably still struggle during the season, he made plays to win late. It was an all-around team effort. For the Bears. That's why I ask. How could you possibly say. This is the worst team in football. 
could you sit back as a quote-unquote expert and say, yep, they're the worst. They're 32 out of 32. Where does that come from? Where does that logic come from? What are you basing it off of? I know they have a new coach, new GM, young quarterback, but really the worst team? Worse than Carolina? Houston, New York, Jacksonville? This was a statement win for the Bears. And look, maybe the rest of this season won't be pretty. And we know that. We expect that. I'm not saying this is going to be a big playoff year now. The Bears won and watch out. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying they will win games. They won't be as bad as people think. This proved it yesterday. They beat the seventh-ranked offense in the NFL in 2021. How? With their defense, the weather conditions, and their offense coming up when they needed them. That's how they won. And we talked about this in the preview. The weather was going to be a factor. Their turnover battle was going to be a big factor. The Bears forced a fumble. They picked off Trey Lance. They scored when they needed to. They reversed field when they needed to, and they won. That's simple. And that's how it should be. So I think we can cut it with the worst team in the NFL narrative, I would hope. Some people will continue to push it for their own reputation. I say nonsense. Saw somebody today defending their 2-14 and 14 Bears take on Twitter saying, hey, Bears one win, they're only going to get one more, then they'll suck. Where is that coming from? Did you watch the game yesterday? Did you see how well they played as a team, as a unit? I would understand it if they have one great defensive player, the whole team sucks. no. It was a team effort. They won using their entire team, the Bears. They didn't win with one person. It was a team effort that began from the word go. They picked up Justin Fields when he wasn't feeling it in the first and second quarter. And later on, Justin Fields and the Bears offense showed up when they needed it to to score and win the game. That's how you have to do it. It reminded me a lot of the 2006 Bears team. Justin Fields did not do great, although he turned it on later. The defense carried the way. Running was there when they needed it, and they won. That's simple. Are they still the worst team in football? That's what I ask you. Were they ever the worst team in football? It's probably a better question. No, they weren't. So all of you who say they're the worst team, explain yesterday. Explain this win. Tell me how you saw the worst team in football in their demeanor, in their effort, in the result, and how they played. You can't. It's a stupid argument. And it's meant to rile people up like me, and I get it. I said that from day one, but why even say it? It's just stupid. It's a waste of everybody's time. It's a lazy take. It's lazy to pick on the Bears or really pick on any team. It's lazy. There was no evidence to justify saying the Bears would be the worst in football. They still had Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace? Maybe so. They didn't, though. They made significant changes. They overhauled the roster. And now they're a different and, I would say, better team already. They may go 6-11 and 11 again. Better team today than they were this time last year. Guaranteed. That's what's important. So just by logic, they're not the worst team in the NFL. Yet, I guess some of these experts don't want to use logic. I want to talk about it. They're in it for clicks and for 
headlines, and that's fine. I'm not about that. I'm about the truth. The truth is, this is a better Bears team than people think. That doesn't mean they're going to be a playoff team, doesn't mean they're going to be a Super Bowl winner, but it does mean they may contend for a wild card spot at the end of the year. Why not? If Justin Fields plays in the second half all year long, they have a chance. If the run game and David Montgomery could get going more, they have a chance. If the defense continues to prioritize takeaways like they did, they have a chance. The Bears had 32 takeaways in 2018. They went 12-4. and four. Reverse field a lot, gave Mitch Trubisky a chance to make plays and the offense to move, and they won many games and probably would have been to the Super Bowl. The opportunity is still here today. They could still do it. I love the satisfaction of the Bears just shoving in everybody's face. Don't you? You're a fan of this team, I'm sure. You're watching. You saw how yesterday's game went. Don't you feel satisfied? I know I do. This is why I say, don't get your information from national people who just don't care about your team or only care about the Buccaneers or wherever Tom Brady's playing or Aaron Rodgers. Come to your local source of people who care about this team and what they bring to the table. They don't care. They don't care about you or this team or anything Chicago-related. They care about their paychecks, and they care about making sure that they cause controversy instead of, hey, what's the truth of the matter? What's the facts here? The fact is, this Bears team is not bad. They have some fight. They have a new heart. They care. And it shows in the way they play. Everybody who said they'd be the worst team in football should already be apologizing and making amends. They should. It was a stupid prediction. How about the upset, too? How about 49ers fans claiming that Trey Lance is the answer, that Kyle Shanahan's a genius, and that this team is going to be a Super Bowl contender with a rookie quarterback? Do you understand how hard it is to develop a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback? Justin Fields had growing pains yesterday. He will have growing pains moving forward. The Bears still won. Fields turned it on when necessary. Trey Lance never did. And then penalties made it even worse. When you sit a quarterback who took you to the Super Bowl for a rookie, you reap what you sow. You're sitting somebody who took you to the Super Bowl and who just last year took you to the NFC Championship game. You're sitting him for somebody else. What do you expect to happen? Jimmy G beat the Bears last year. I understand the team wasn't the same, but nevertheless, he did it. Less than a year later, the Bears beat the Niners with a different quarterback. I saw a stat today. The Niners and Kyle Shanahan, he's 8-28 when a different quarterback starts other than Jimmy Garoppolo, and yet he was one of the main reasons why Garoppolo is on the bench. How about looking out for your job? We all want the next big thing when sometimes the good thing's right in front of our eyes. Jimmy Garoppolo's good, and the Niners are making a big mistake by benching him for a rookie. Trey Lance is not ready yet. You can say what you want. You can try and convince me with any sort of number you'd like. North Dakota State is essentially a D2 college. Sorry, the truth. 
throwing limited amounts of passes at that school than last year being kind of a back-and-forth guy where you come in once in a while, you come out, you run here, you do that. It just doesn't help anybody. You need significant experience or more time to sit and learn. But if the Niners want to be a contending team, if they really think they have a Super Bowl roster, put in Jimmy G to win. Don't start Trey Lance. They made a big mistake, and they're going to continue to make this mistake week in and week out when they when the losses pile up. When the losses pile up, they're going to realize we made a mistake here. And they did yesterday. How about that? ESPN and NFL.com. Why do you rank the Niners ahead of the Bears when they have really a rookie quarterback? Justin Fields may have time to develop and need some fixing, but talk about a real rookie. Talk about a guy who rarely, if ever, played in college, played at the D2 level essentially, and now is expected to be the guy with the Super Bowl roster and the quarterback's the quote-unquote issue. Why do all these experts rank the Bears behind San Francisco? That's the real question of the day. Why the betters say the Bears were six-and-a-half-point underdogs? If you bet and you listen to me, you made some money this weekend, too. It's ludicrous. I mean, you could just feel it. You knew it. You knew it. It's all about feel and gut feelings. You knew it. With how much the national media slandered and hurt the Bears, you kind of knew, hey, you know what? Something's not right here. Why is everybody after the Bears? What do they care? Why is this an issue? We knew it. We knew it right away. Everybody did. Don't trust the experts all the time. Sometimes they're right. Everybody who's a self-professed expert or film guru or whatever they might be, they're not always going to be right. Everybody who said they had a brain about football got this one wrong. That is telling. Mike Martz, remember Mike Martz? What he said about the Bears and Justin Fields and this season? Everybody and their mother has been lining up ready to trash this team. For what reason, I don't know. But regardless, it's wrong. You knew it. If I had to sit down and compare, player by player, the Niners and the Bears, I'd pick the Bears to win, and I did. It was pretty easy to snip that one out. We said it was going to be about turnovers, defense, and quarterbacking. And the whole game, that's what it was about. That's what mattered. Defense, turnovers, quarterbacking. Trey Lance is a novice at everything, at the quarterback position. We want to count college and the pros. He's a novice. Justin Fields, when it mattered, showed veteran traits already and won the game, partially, in that third and fourth quarter. That's what the difference maker was. I demand everybody who said the Bears were going to be the worst team in football to get down and apologize. You should be ashamed of yourself. You were dead wrong on this. Stop backtracking. Stop saying you didn't say it. Stop saying, hey, they're going to go 2-14. and 14. This is win number one. No, you were wrong. This is not a bad team. This is not as bad a team as people painted them out to be. They know what they're doing. 
They're growing. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they're not going to be as bad as you think. And it was an insult from the national media, from betters, from everybody involved to suggest that they were going to get pounced on Sunday. Pounced. The line was plus six and a half. Everybody expected a touchdown, two touchdowns. The Bears were going to lose. It was wrong. Do your research. Watch this team. They're not as bad as you think. There's a long way to go. It's just week one. I don't want to overreact or overdo it. There are going to be weeks in which the Bears are going to stink it up. There are going to be weeks in which Justin Fields probably has three or four interceptions, and we have to reconcile and see how those happened, whether or not we're seeing improvement. That's what matters. There are going to be weeks in which the Bears win, like this one. It's going to be a season of ups and downs, for sure. And that's okay. But they're not the worst team in football. Yesterday proved it, and I'm so proud of what they put together. All of you should be proud of what they did, too. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Mike North comes up next, so stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. For today's special guest, he's a sports radio pioneer, host of the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, and a contributor to the Ballroom Network. Please welcome Mike North to the program. Mike, it's great to have you on. How are you? I feel great, Chad. It's good to be on with you. Great circumstances. Everything's going well. I'm healthy. I feel like a million bucks right now. I made it through the first week of football. What did you make of that game yesterday? Bears 49ers. The Bears won. That was a pretty big upset. What did you think of it? Well, first of all, Sunday you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Not yes. yesterday. Yes, Sunday. I know. I know. You're still <laughs> you're still thinking the game just ended. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. I was proud of them. That's the way I looked at it. I was proud of them. I thought that uh, in a long time I was exhilarated from this. I've been beaten down uh, to a point where I'm still standing and I'll take on anybody about the Mitch Trubisky situation. I've been the only guy that's been sitting in the co-pilot seat on the Mitch Trubisky airlines from beginning to end. I think he's gotten one of the raw steals outside of Jimmy G in the National Football League over the past four or five years. The narrative has been absolutely stunningly embarrassing for the local media and the national media. So I'm glad that Justin Field is his own man. I'm glad they made the change from Matt Nagy, who isn't equipped to ever be a coach, let alone a head coach again, even though he's having uh, a cup of coffee with Kansas City. So I'm happy for the team. I I really was pleased. I took the Bears plus the seven. And uh, what's funny is I I bet Justin Field and I bet against Mitch Trubisky because of Mitch going to Cincinnati, a Super Bowl uh, caliber team playing uh, Joe Burrow. And it took Joe Burrow to probably have the worst game of his whole life, not, not his career, his life, peewee football. You know, the first time he grabbed one, he, he had a better game. Uh, he's seven <laughs> years old. Uh, so, and they were still in it. So I think that uh, everybody's going to come down to earth a little bit, but it couldn't have turned out better for me because I have Pittsburgh over seven and a half as far as victory. So that was a game I didn't count on. 
So Mitch Trubisky gets his first win in Pittsburgh. How excited were you? You must have been so excited. I know I was. I was happy for the There's still people just sniping at him, dissecting him. How many yards was this <laughs> pass? How many yards was that pass? These people, um, uh, they can't be winners in life. I, I can't even imagine they ever competed. If uh, you know, all I cared about from the time I played 16 in softball to junior college basketball to um, I don't care if it was marbles, uh, trying to deal baseball cards with my buddy, it was winning. Uh, was winning every football game I ever played in, winning in business, winning in radio. So I don't understand the mindset of, uh, you know what, you got to have great stats, but if you lose, you lose. I mean, I could look at Derek Carr. To me, I think Mitch Trubisky's as good a quarterback as Derek Carr is, and Derek Carr throws for a ton more yards. That's just the way I feel, and I've been with him the whole time, and it's funny. I don't defend Mitch. I shouldn't have to defend Mitch anymore. He is the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Justin Field that they both won, and let's go. And, you know, I didn't like what happened, but you got to let it go because I've seen what's happened to Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G. These guys, uh, you know, they both played hurt, and they get disrespected by uh, their former teams, period. What did you see out of Trey Lance on Sunday? Did he see a better quarterback than Jimmy G? Not even close. Not even close. I mean, this is a joke. <laughs> Shanahan, everybody loves the guy because everybody loved his dad. And, you know, they all know his dad. They all know him. It's a fraternity. It's the swamp. But that's just the, one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. With Jimmy G, they're 35 and 16. Without him, they're 8 and 29. I mean, what person in their right mind? whatever business you have would go with the person or the people that had the inferior record. So um, it was great. The bears and, and the fan, the fans that think and the listeners, I feel bad for bear fans now because half of them don't know diddly about football that think that thought weather, nothing to do with this. You never played football in what bad weather that you you're telling me that you'd rather play Aaron Rodgers next week on a dry field. Then, then play in the same conditions that we had. I'll take that any day of the week. The Bears were mutters or whatever you want to call it. They played better in the rain. But if that field had been dry, maybe it would have been different. And I think people that are poo-pooing the weather as being nothing. Are you kidding me? What would you rather have, Jerry Rice on a, on a muddy field? Or would you rather have him on a dry field? It just isn't, just isn't uh, uh, you know, science. This is like actual seeing with your own eyes playing on slippery surfaces helps the inferior team, in my opinion. It was Bears football weather, in my opinion. Absolutely. And that played a role in the Bears winning. That's right. You know, so I, I mean, I'm happy that it happened that way. I mean, the fog ball, I'll give everybody an example. I, I, like yesterday, we were going to lose that game. We were going to lose the fog ball. The weather had the factor. It was foggy. They couldn't see. The home team prevailed. We got bailed out, folks. We were going to lose that game. I can look back. I remember every play. Randall Cunningham was on a rampage. We were going to lose. And the fog came in. So I don't want to hear the nonsense from anybody. That weather doesn't factor (laughs) in football. Mike North here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, what do you make of Justin Fields' performance? Clutch, do what you got to do, win, uh, prevail. 
I'm not going to compare him to Lance. Lance may be better when they have a dry field. I don't know. But well, he did what he had to do to win. The defense played great. I liked their pursuit. There's a lot worse defenses. There's a lot worse teams in the league uh, than, you know, we heard before. We were supposed to be the worst. I knew that <laughs> was nonsense. I took the over Bears six and a half. We'll see what happens. I took over Pittsburgh. I took Mitch and Fields. You want to fire on me? And by the way, I know that if, we, if Pittsburgh would have lost this game this past week, I would have I taken so much abuse. I would have been in the bunker. <laughs> so don't give me the crap you're happy that Mitch won and all this BS. Because maybe you are. But I'll tell you this. There's a lot of people still trying to say, well, you know what? He didn't average that much per pass. This, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Just win the game. Why are so many people still so triggered about Mitch Trubinsky? He's gone. He's on a new team. He's succeeding. Why is it still a big point of contention for everybody here in Chicago? Because they carried the media carried the Bears' water, Nagy's water. I mean, they carried his water for him. We're going to get him out of here for you. We'll help you. We'll help you. Just read over. All you have to do is go back to the old articles and go back to the same cast of characters. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. It became a narrative. I mean, you know, the talk stations, most of the people there wanted them out. And if you read the local papers and if you listen to the sports talk stations, believe me, this is what I've heard. If you're good enough, you can influence people. Or if you're a sheep, you believe everything that everybody says. (laughs) And you, you just can't call Mitch Trubisky a bust when he's 30 and 21. And he put up the stats that he did. I don't care what kind. It's amazing when you hear about, well, he played on a great defense. Hey, Tom Brady played in the AFC East for 20 years. He was 35 and three against Buffalo. Okay. They, he had a free six games every year. Okay. They knew they were going to win every time. So I don't want to hear about Mitch beating the easy teams. Tom Brady, all he had to do was win his division, a few other games, and then they really would start playing in the playoffs. How good of a quarterback would you rank Mitch right now? If you went 1-30, to 30, where would he fall in that category? Well, I, I read where since 2018, he's the fifth the highest winning percentage quarterback. Uh, and he just won with Pittsburgh. And I understand people said, well, Burrow had five turnovers. Too bad. Oh, why didn't they score more? It's not designed like that. If you get turnovers, then the other team's defense will come out. And I've seen it happen time after time. Stop you especially in your first game. I thought it was a great called game. I thought they did it right. But Trubisky hits the big third down pass in overtime, thrown against his body. That's why he was moved up for. 30 and 21, that's why he was moved up for. The Pittsburgh Steelers, that's why he was moved up for. You people didn't want to listen to me. None of you. A couple people, stragglers in the media. John didn't always believe in Trubisky. He'll tell you that. I don't blame him. He didn't always, but he wasn't against him completely. There's a difference. You know, John, now I hear John, and he's a uh, Justin Fields booster. But I think that everybody's still out to lunch on that, okay? I mean, you know, we got a tough game coming up. Let's see what happens. I hope it rains for the people that think weather isn't a factor. I hope it rains and the wind blows 40 miles an hour, okay? <laughs> Then we got a shot. What's going to convince you to become a Justin Fields backer? Well, last week was a part of it. 
I'm not against the kid. I was against the move. I was against the move. I mean, that, that that's nothing against him. You know, nowadays, oh, you're against him. I, I never have said I'm against Justin Fields. I was against getting rid of Trubisky. You finally get a franchise-type quarterback, and you just you let him go. And then John knows this. Eldo Gandia knows this. Carmen knows this. They won't tell you. They'll make me tell you. But that's okay. I got to take care of myself. I know that. They don't need to toot my horn. I got a trumpet. Okay? That's a gold trumpet. Just, <laughs> you know, boom. They'll tell you. I've been back in Mitch Trubisky for four years. And last year, when he played for Buffalo, I told everybody what was going to happen eventually. Number one, everybody ignored what he did to the Bears in that preseason game because it didn't fit their narrative. I was with the ESPN 1000 at, a, at an event, okay? And I looked at Carmen. I said, wow. And I'm sure, because Carmen's not a big Trubisky guy, but he, he doesn't really, he just got tired of him. You know, that's not good enough for me, you know? I've been married 45 years. I'm sure BB's been tired of me about 10,000 times. <laughs> I'm still around. So what I'm going to say is that was an embarrassment to Matt Nagy and the whole Buffalo team came out and supported Mitch, but then Mitch doesn't get the offer. Sam Darnold goes to Carolina. Bridgewater goes to Denver. I think trying to remember everybody passes on Mitch. No. He rebuilt his reputation going to Buffalo was a, the greatest backup quarterback you could have. If Josh Allen went down, rebuilt his image. And now he's a starter. And the people that said, he's always going to be a number two quarterback that still say that you don't read, you don't understand the game. He's a number one quarterback in this league. If you have been watching lately, Sam Darnold being a New York guy, please. They kiss his ass. He stinks period. And uh, that's just the way it is. Let me ask you this. Who's going to have a better year this year, Justin Fields or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, Mitch Trubisky. Except for one thing you got to be worried about. You, Najee Harris is hurt. Watt is going to be out six to eight weeks. So, I mean, here's what you don't want if you're Justin Fields or Mitch Trubisky. Here's what you don't want, guys. Either team. Because, you know, for people that don't think I'm a Bear fan, I used to sleep with my Bear stocking cap on when I was eight years old. Okay. <laughs> Approximately 62 years ago. So I'm a Bear fan, <laughs> but I'm a realistic Bear fan. Here's what we don't want. We don't want Justin Fields being the reason they lost. So in other words, if we lose 21 to 20, Justin Fields throws a couple TDs or he throws one TV TD and runs in for another. Perfect. Mitch, Steelers lose to New England. Uh, 28-22. Mitch, uh, final drive. You know, that comes up short, but Mitch Trubisky throws for uh, 250 yards and a touchdown. That's what you want. And you know what he did not do? What he always does. Here's another thing that has escaped all the Bear fans. Never, he didn't turn over the football last week. And Justin Fields did the same thing, basically, hung on to that football, which was the thing I was worried about coming in. 
You make a I'm great... on fire today, aren't I? You are on uh, fire. I was going to say. Can I be happier? <laughs> hey, you know, I'm in this contest. I'm in this contest. I get a call from Matt Humans from Circa Sports in Las Vegas. They decided, hey, man, we're going to have a contest. The Circa Sports Invitational. Top 16 handicappers. And I was selected. They pay for everything. You got to give five picks a week. I want to thank them for including me as one of the top 16. Whew, it's been a long climb. 15 grand first prize, seven grand second prize, third grand 3,000. But here's the fun part I don't need the money. I know that must anger people. I know there's some people in the media going, <laughs> why? Why? I'm uncancelable. That's why. Here's why. I'm going to tell you something right now. I, they're giving away a green jacket if you win, like the Masters. Like the Masters, And a right. trophy. And a trophy. I'm a child. I want the green jacket and the trophy. I'll take the money, of course, you know, and I'll even buy John a, a, a cup of coffee. That's the kind of guy <laughs> I am. But I want that jacket. But, man, you talk about a murderer's row. Toughest conference in, in the uh, whole country. Football, basketball, forget about it. The Circus Sports Invitational with Maddie Humans, Derek Stevens, <laughs> Vissen Live, Marquee, Mike Palm, the Maestro. Come on. Can you promise me something? If you win that green jacket, the next time you come on this show, you got to wear it when we do another Zoom. Well, you have I'm going to wear it outside. I'm going to wear it walking the door. <laughs> you win a contest again. One guy went 5 and 0. Now I'm in seventh place. I went 3 and 2. But one guy, uh, Chuck Adele, a hell of a guy, five and zero oh, with college and, and you know some college, college sunk a lot of guys too. I almost here's how you got to look at handicappers, John. I almost took Texas A and M. It's 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 who you didn't take sometimes when you go three and two. Don't don't be mad that I took Arizona. It was a crap pick. Be happy I didn't take Texas A and M. Be happy I didn't take Notre Dame. Because I was thinking maybe going college instead of NFL. I went NFL. I would have gone one and four in college. So sometimes it's a decision making when you do the handicapping or anything else, any other business. Mike North here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, I wanted to talk about Matt Eberflus and Brian Poles. Um, mm -hmm. New regime. They won their first mm -hmm. game. How confident are you in them moving forward? I liked what they did. If they didn't do well, I'd be beating the crap out of them. And everybody knows it. And so I think the reason you hang around doing what you do is to be fair. Okay. Um, be fair. And I, like I, we just talked to her, I don't think the media has been fair with Trubisky. I think it, a lot of it's been fake news. They hid the naggy. I uh, not wanting to go to the meeting story for, for, for two years, shame on them. Um, I just think there, I don't want the disco that fact that they guys want to bring back clothes. Oh, don't do that. I like the sliding. Be original. Don't go back to that era. <laughs> that didn't stop. You, you, just keep your head. I don't think Eberflus and Poles will do that. If they do, I think they're going back a little bit and, and they're acting like college people again, which Nagy his judgment has been flawed in everything that he's done. So why would you adopt anything that anything to do with that saboteur? So I think 
They got the players hustling, not worrying about what's going to be on the dance mix after the game, okay, or what club they're going to. So I like what they're doing. Do you remember Club Dub after that pathetic Thanksgiving win last year over the Lions? Remember they all got together? They were so excited. They barely won that game. That was a pathetic win, and they were all celebrating. Yeah, I mean, it just it just showed you that Nagy had this team brainwashed. And I don't think these two guys, and I'll give credit to Bill Polian so far, they might still only win two, three games. But to beat the San Francisco 49ers is something that this team will learn from, no doubt. I mean, that was a learning experience beating the Super Bowl team. I don't care what conditions you're in, you know? I mean, both both te- both teams played in it. They made a mistake. You got to start Jimmy G. He's from Rolling Metals. He played in this. What are you doing? Rolling Meadows is approximately, I think, if we go on that traffic map or whatever they have now, John. What are we talking? 10, 15 miles away from Soldier Field. Are you people, are, the, the 49ers, I mean, there's so much bad decision making, including last night. They got a guy that's the head coach of the Denver Broncos that doesn't know how to run a clock. I said part of handicapping. Three things yesterday. If you go to North to North, you'll get my advice on handicap. And I said three things you cannot handicap. One, an untimely injury during the game. Guy gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, the next two things come to fruition. And I win with Seattle. If you saw the game, I said the second thing you can't handicap is turnovers. You don't know when they're going to turn over the ball in that game. They fumbled twice. Okay. And the third thing, I mean, the absolute third thing you cannot do uh, when you're, it, it's really about turnovers, basically. But you just got to ignore the people, ignore the crowd, because what was it all about yesterday? Denver? That's right. Absolutely. So you got to just believe in the system you're in. Bet frugally on Monday night football because it was a trap game like I called it. Okay. Um, oh, and the third thing, you can't predict how the coach is going to use clock management. So the turnovers and the way Hackett, who Troy Aikman and, and, and Jack Buck, I'm sorry, you guys were pathetic the last two minutes. You should not be surprised by what happened. Oh, we were caught off guard. That's your job to see what's going on instead of reading a promo. Okay. When they brought out the field goal team. Okay. And, and they never questioned Nathaniel Hackett for keeping the timeouts in his pocket from a minute 30 to 25 seconds. And then they take it with about 20 seconds. Then I found out why they're probably friends with Paul Hackett, his dad. It's nothing but swamp Joe bucks in the hall of fame for what I don't know. Cause I guess he worked as an announcer. You know, in football, okay. You're in there with the same Hall of Fame as Doug Atkins, you know, or Gale Sayers. But to me, uh, uh, these two guys are a swamp as it gets, and Aikman's concussed. I mean, he didn't know what was going on at the end of the game, okay? Had no idea and never got on Hackett at all. In fairness to Aikman, I don't think any of us did. I mean, that was a shocking misuse of clock management in time. I'm so happy the Bears didn't hire Hackett. Oh! And he's, he's 42 years old. I, I couldn't believe the plays he was calling. 
you have two plays from the one-inch line. You don't call a quarterback sneak, you know? I know you tried uh, Geno the one time, and, uh, I mean, Geno tried it, and he slipped. But, I mean, you got Russell Wilson. It's fourth and five, and you try a 64-yarder. I mean, this, this guy, he's the next <laughs> naggy. He's the next naggy. I've seen enough. If you had coach of the year with this guy, tear up your ticket. Believe me. <laughs> After one game. But to come with Mike North in just a moment, stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Mike North still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, wanted to talk about your birthday, 70 years old. How'd you feel about it? I think I'm blessed. I think uh, I've had a charmed life. I think that I got to do everything I've wanted to do so far. Uh, not only uh, work for ESPN 1000 now, which Phoebe, of all people, she's always believed in me, always. But I told her, I said, you know, my type of talk, maybe they don't want it anymore. I, I, I know there's teams involved and politics. It's always been played in radio. I know this for a fact, folks. Um, so take that as you see it. There's politics played all the time in every business. Um, but I just feel that when you look at how old I am, Jeff Schwartz told me, and he's a good friend of mine. He was the inspiration for Disco Demolition Night and other things. He was a score maestro as far as uh, promotions. He calls me uh, the Mick Jagger of of uh, sports radio. He <laughs> says, you know, you look the same. Yeah, you got the same. Oh, I, I, I really believe I'm better now. And I love working with Carmen. I do. I only work one day a week, and I work with my podcast with Paris Barroom, and I jump on things to keep sharp. But... Uh, in my opinion, not anybody else's, and my wife's opinion, who knows more than anybody about me, I think I'm better now than I was in the 90s. There's no no doubt about it. It was a different type of deal. I was raw. I was with a bunch of other guys that were more professional, so I stuck out. Uh, so I think now, I mean, I, I, I'm in my prime. That's the way I feel. I feel, I mean, my... My doctor says to me, you got the blood work of a 55-year-old. I guess they can, you know, <laughs> they take your blood work and they can do that. I said, let me ask you something, though, Serge. If I had the blood work of an 85-year-old, would you have told me? He goes, no way. I would have told you that. <laughs> so he says, you know, I've been blessed with good health, uh, you know, despite uh, having a lot of fun in my life and this and that, playing a lot of sports, not having any major surgeries, knock on wood, so. You know, you just take every day as it comes, but I feel good, buddy. I really do. And I feel good about being 70. I thank everybody who wished me uh, nothing but the best. Are there any plans to expand if you feel so good? Maybe go to a daily show or go back to what you were doing with the score type thing where you're going every day. Well, first of all, that's never been, uh, you know, nobody's asked. And, you know, you got to own a sports station. Sure. Uh, or any other station. I, I, I still feel that I could do it, but a lot of things got to come into play. I'm happy what I'm doing now. I mean, basically I look at Carmen and I and Randy Merkin and, and prop swap is one of the great sponsors uh, you could have. And, and Jimmy Miller, it's been one of the great things I've enjoyed doing in my whole career. Uh, would I like to see it expand? Oh yeah. 
I'd like to see, I, I, I was doing a gambling show in 1989, but it's not up to me. It's up to the other uh, people. I'm happy with what I'm doing. And, uh, but I, like I said, everything's got to be right, but you know, the phone don't ring. And if the phone don't ring, you, you gotta like, uh, you know, do it on your own. And I'm used to doing that. So I like doing stuff like this. I don't need, I don't have any financial pressure on me. You know, I'm not, um, how would you say it? I'm not in debt to anybody that's my boss or anybody else. Uh, I'm in debt to do the best job I can every time I go on the air, whether it's on with you or JT the Brick or Munch Bishop in Cleveland, Brick in, in Vegas or with anybody on ESPN, Carmen, Yurko, what have you, or Aldo Gandia. I, I've always given it 100%. I was always afraid of losing more than happy about winning. Always. I want to win, but I'm more afraid of losing. And I think when that happens, like Gail Sayers used to tell me, I was afraid to get caught when I ran with the ball, once I got in the open field. And that's the way I think you got to be, give a hundred percent. And maybe, you know, someday who knows what happens, but right now it's all good. If somebody would have told me in 1992, I'd be in my 30th year, you know, BB told me you'll never get an ESPN job because I was at the other place for 16 years. And then I worked at Fox. I was always the nemesis. I was always taking <laughs> shots at them because they were, but Adam Delavant and uh, Jim Pastor got me in there. And uh, I want to thank uh, Craig Karmazan and everybody now at Good Karma because, you know, they kept me on. They've kept Karma on. It's been great. It's been five years. They let me do what I want. I remember Mr. Mr. K asking me, uh, do you think you can win with the gambling show? And not only do we win with our picks, but we've won, I think, with the, in any other aspect as far as uh, with good karma and AM 1000. Is there a desire for you to ever return to daily radio? I think a lot of people want to know because a lot of people have said, and they've commented on these videos saying they'd like to see you back on the air every day. Absolutely. It's like I said, everybody, I think I could do it. Look, I think me and Jigs would win our, our any, any spot, whether it, whether it would be political radio, sports radio, entertainment radio it's not confined dan jiggets and me were not confined i mean you had one of the more prominent dan jiggets was the first african-american or dan when black uh uh host to have crossover in chicago um he you know the other guys that i grew up listening to in in black radio uh daddy o'daly uh um, richard Steele uh herb kent um i mean i'm a historian on radio i listen to all these guys dan was bigger and has been more influential i think than all of them he was influential to me it was the perfect team but we were put middays because we were basically looked at as the step kids at the beginning to be honest with you and we came to work every day and uh the rest is history so i think yeah if, if somebody came up and said, we want to actually win and make, make money, I think absolutely. In fact, we came close recently uh, to coming back with a podcast because we had a power sponsor, we thought, but they approached us too late. So they couldn't get the budget with their corporation passed. But Dan and I had a shot there, but I'm very protective of the, the Monsters brand. I am. And so is Dan. You know, we don't just... You know, we don't start the ignition for, for 500 this or 500 that. You know what I mean? We have our 
we have our standards, so we'll see what happens. Is it true that you guys were almost going to go to New York and be a team? Absolutely. Really? Tell yeah. me about that. What happened there? Well, Dan, this is my one of my favorite stories because I'm still so green <laughs> and uh, in the business. And Dan had already handled the national guys and this and that. And he had an agent and the whole ball wax. So he knew the more of the ins or outs. But he, he, uh, he, he gets me to the side and he says to me, and I, it's okay to tell these stories because it's nothing that I haven't told before. And Dan's cool of it too, but he says, listen, uh, this guy wants to come in and, uh, and uh, talk to us. He wants to fly in from New York and talk to us. I go, who? He goes, Mark Chernoff from WFAN. So I go, get, and this is why we used to talk, I go, get the F out of here. You know, he goes, no, Mike, I'm telling you, he wants to come in. I go, let me get this straight. And I forget what year it was, but it was a guy's going to fly in to see me and you. That's right. When? He tells me. We go out there. They make us an offer. I go back with Dan. Let them know what the offer was. And they had, they matched it. And that's how that happened. Uh, because they wanted somebody, they wanted us to go to the fan and replace Len Berman and Mike Lupica at the time. And at the time, there was only two stations per owner. Now it's taken a lot of guys out because every every corporation can have eight stations. Well, back then, like if they had the old format, you know, you had entrepreneurs like Danny Lee, you had family owned. Well, that's out the window now. Okay, but at that time, WFAN was not uh, situated with CBS. So that's how that happened. And the next thing you know, I went from a six-month trial to, you know, a nicer contract, 10 times more down the line. Everything just started mushrooming because we gave people reason to listen. We used to make the news. Same with McNeil. Same with Terry. Same with Cher. Because, because we were daytime only and we were so raw and we didn't give a damn about the papers and they were so square and they still are. Okay. <laughs> they are. And, uh, and, and a lot of them not working sports radio. Okay. So, so not all, uh, there's just more restrictions now and, and everything else, but we made the news back then, you know, on this show or on that show, Ditka for us made the news, you know, Brian, of course. But the, the genius of all time is Dick. Dick out in shows in 92, in his last year, and he shows up for every show. He shows up on every show and fires away. Fires away when he was having just the most, he looked blotted, he looked miserable, he was overweight. He, he was taking heat, but he he showed up to work every Tuesday at Ditka's. And uh, that, I think, really solidified the station. And, Mike, before we finish up today, last question. What's the most memorable moment you've had in radio? Well, first day. But, but every day is a memorable moment. When I go on with the odds couple on ESPN 1000, that's memorable. I mean, when I when I uh, got the job at Fox sports radio and we did mornings for three years in 220 markets, Andy Furman, Jonas Knox, 
and I went, uh, you know, Frank Pollock and Eddie Garcia, we went opposite Mike Greenberg. Me and Mike Greenberg met each other January 2nd, 1992, you know, so we went mornings against, uh, against Mike. So there's so many wonderful things, meeting all my heroes, working with Walter Payton, working with Gail Sayers, uh, knowing Jim McMahon, uh, hanging with Dennis Rodman, uh, going uh, with uh, John Suntress to the major fights, hanging out with uh, J- uh, the Sopranos cast, uh, at, uh, the second premiere at a restaurant. I mean, with Steve Dahl, when they took uh, radio personalities out there. Um, the whole thing has just been like uh, 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 whole, the whole deal. But the main people that counted were the people that, that listened to us. And, 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 and I, I, I really would like to see, uh, you know, sports radio still thrive and it's still doing well. Uh, they're still making money, but I would still like to see just, uh, just uh, it go back to the way that it used to be where the boys can have and the girls can have a little more leeway, if you will. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Uh, really appreciated the time and love your Bears thoughts as always. Looking forward to the next time we chat too. My man, Johnny Z. That's it. I told you, you got to go with Johnny Z. You, tell you, you still going with the, how do you pronounce your last name? Zaglud? Zaglul, yeah. Johnny Z is probably better. Johnny Z with his sports takes. 1972. Yes, Johnny Z. Hey, today, ladies and gentlemen, in 1972, David Jaynes, quarterback for the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or is, can it be currently? Or does it sound too much like Johnny B? Johnny Z. Got to be careful there, right? Maybe. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. No, you don't. He was on the same time as me. No, you don't. Okay. You know what I said? When Schwartz tells me you're, you're, you're the Mick Jagger sports radio, I said, man, I could sing Satisfaction, but he can't tell you who won the 1930 World Series. Now, can he? <laughs> now, do you know who won the 1930 World Series? What, was it the Yankees or no? Or am I off? You're off. Okay. Because you just took the, 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 the thing that would have given you minus points on Jeopardy, the Yankees, <laughs> the obvious one. I think I might be wrong. It wasn't the New York Giants. Philadelphia Athletics. Jimmy Fox, underrated oh, baseball player. Great I player. Think. And then I think down the line, the New York Giants won one. Let's not get into it. Okay. I've had so much fun today. Good time. I know you got a lot of things to do. You know what I'm saying? You're a busy man. Got the skyline <laughs> behind you, the whole world at your feet. What could I tell you? John, I appreciate it. I talked then with Mike North. That'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Mike North himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim DeTombe, and Tomorrow Entertainment. Making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me. Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports, Facebook, John Zagluel. If you to watch more of this show, head on over to sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show comes with tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! Where are the turtles?